Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today is Castlevania Part 2. No, I'm not going to do that terrible voice. Let's just get right on with it. With me to suck the blood out of this game is Mike. Why? Thank you. Oh, beautiful Mike. And Craig. Come on, do it. Clarice. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a partial credit on that one. <laughs> what made Silence of the Lambs swing in the mind? No idea. <laughs> Alright, so we're off to a banging start. Uh, this is part two of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You should probably listen to part one if you haven't. Uh, this time, since there's no story or anything, we're just going to go over our gameplay thoughts and then our final thoughts and wrap it up with what uh, the person who suggested this, Ian, has to say about it. We take for granted that you've played this before because it's like 45 years old and everybody should have played it by now, except Craig. All right, so, gentlemen, let's crack right into it. Mm -hmm. Gameplay. Mm. If you were to explain this to somebody, what would be the big keynotes you would get across? Uh, you're going to run about the place in the hit ship. <laughs> All right, that sense. makes it sound fairly, fairly unique, Craig. <laughs> I can't think of another game that does that. If there was a way of me breaking it down to what what I get from the game in terms of its gameplay, I'd say, first of all, it's a lovely jumping mechanic. It feels absolutely beautiful and floaty. You get the very nice, very nice little accentuations of that, the transformations, which have their own speeds and sort of properties and things like that. Yeah smacking enemies in the face you're watching beautiful death animations in many cases optionally you might want little hit hit counters for what's happening on the screen you're picking up your hearts you're smashing every single lantern in sight you, you you're hitting a few tables with little globes on and watching ooze come out of them in those beautiful animations known to man <laughs> further to this you might be playing about with your your actual weapons um you'd be changing your cloak Personally, I'm a, I'm a healer cloak because I like walking for time and time. I like walking into a wall just to get my health up. But but further to that, you know, you're watching that massive explosion of the level up on the screen when, you, when you're beating an enemy to pulp. You're watching the, the, the heart containers fall from the sky in a magical little glow as you kill a boss. And, you know, you, you're checking that map screen all the time. You're popping it up and you're thinking, wow, this place is going to get bigger and bigger. And then you buy the map from the librarian to make sure that you know those dreams are coming true. And all the while, you have a nice little percentage counter telling you exactly what's happening. But Dave's going to oh, fill in. Oh, damn, that percentage I counter. Damn, that thing's straight to hell. It's like 100.01%. I'm like, what the hell is that 0.01% all about? <laughs> what? Um, the trophy to get 212% drove me absolutely bonkers this time. Mm. Absolutely. There was just a you know, you know where you fight Shaft at the end that Craig doesn't know about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a little corner of the room that I didn't hit, but it looked like I did on the map. So I had to run through the whole game again and making sure I ran my face against every corner. To get the drove me up a wall. It's, I find it quite good because to me that map was my to do list, and everything else that was in those spaces were all just extra wee things that I had to do. I was filling the map, and 
It was satisfying. Um, the the only way I could uh, in later games that I wish they would have done to make the map better because I agree, it is a great map even when you buy the map from the librarian mm-hmm. it still keeps places you haven't been a different color which is wonderful and it doesn't include some of the secret quite quite a few of the secret rooms actually does it yeah mm. no it doesn't <laughs> um i would have loved the ability to leave notes on the map like that would have made it the 100 percent best map you mean like in a area names ever. or like notes for where you picked up a sub weapon like oh that's where the clocks no even if you could like leave a pin mm. in the map of like oh put a pin here because i can't right. get here you know i'm the one that just says it. this is where the blue door was which you've been trying to look for for the last hour but somehow completely <laughs> forgot about the existence the part. amount of times where <laughs> i was thinking i need to get to this place and it was somewhere, and and before you know it, you've went anti-clockwise around the entire place to f- end up in the room to the right of where <laughs> you were standing originally. Oh, I I'm not very good with directions, so the map the map was good, but I could have been doing with like room names at least, just room names. Hopefully, with it be, with it being your first time, Craig, you might have had a point where. You, you do genuinely get stuck thinking, am I going the right way? And you tried like new things, like you might double jump, turn into mist, see if that just hovers you over just those extra few little centimetres, and then think, oh, there must be some sort of weird combo- button combination thing. Because one, one of the beautiful things about this game is that the actual combat itself, you know, if you, like for me personally, if I went into a fight with almost any enemy, I'd jump in, do a diagonal hit down, then I'd go straight into the crouch. If you can, you can do a standing animation, I think sort of like, almost like Street Fighter, do a cancel into a, a, a ducking animation, then then switch around. And there's there's all sort of little tiny quirks with the with the flow of the controls where sort of, you know, like Street Fighter, like, like Dave always tells me about all this, but he... Um, frame priority rubbish which i still never absorb <laughs> but i'm sure there's a there's a very deep system with that in castlevania that you can you know and, and it's not the hardest game on the planet but these things are there to be exploited if you if you do sort of get a feel for them and there's a lot you, of like, you know what hmm. uh well mike first of all don't feel bad because i still to this day think picross is wizardry that i'll never understand how to do it correctly <laughs> <laughs> but you know this game is the embodiment of player empowerment yeah almost 90 percent of this game can be solved by walk up to something punch it in the face and then backdash mm-hmm. when he attacks mm-hmm. but it's basically you have this very okay let's say you're in a room right and there's a red button on the wall all you really need to do is walk up and go point and push the button but instead it's like oh should i jump off the wall and then hit the button should i crouch should i there's so many actions that are not needed in this game mm-hmm. that it just lets you fool around with and i would say that's probably the easiest yeah. way to break this game you can even sit down on a chair for for no no apparent reason at all i don't know what that's well you want the trophy mike <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. trophy. i've never played a tro- trophy version of the game yet but when i do I'll, i will be a the trophy list is pretty good I mean, other mm. than some of the, like, you know, farm for the Chrysogrim, you're like, uh, uh, other than that stuff, it, it's a very fun trophy list. Anyway, so one thing both of you guys missed is how awful the CGI is. Oh, it's terrible, oh. isn't it? Just how damn yeah. terrible it it's, is. When the inverted castle comes in, Laura was in the room and I was like, Laura, have a look at this. What do you think? She just went, 
Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> but it is brief. It is. It is forgivingly brief. There isn't. You know, you you get through that quite quickly. Did have they really not added any proper textures on or anything yet? Nope. It is that <laughs> textureless kind of muck. So so is this the point that we start re-recommending the um the Xbox version just because of its lack of cinematics in places? No. Okay. You must see this <laughs> to know the primordial ooze we crawled out from. Mm. Um I, I'm a little disappointed they didn't try to do a person in Oof. this CG because that would have been Oof. amazing. But uh, yeah, Mike's right. It is a brief, what, 30 seconds maybe when you're halfway yeah. through the game and the mm. opening, of course. There must be something at the end as well, surely. Yeah, you get to see yeah. that terrible mud castle fall apart. Spoilers. Well, you just asked for it. Okay, so uh, gameplay aside, I still want to talk about the aesthetics mm-hmm. of everything. The attention. And I think... So, no, on you go. go. Ahead. On you go. No? Nope, nope. I'm not going to. Okay, I was... I refuse. All right, this is the end of the podcast. I was going to say the and and the the feel of it and the look of it, the attention to detail in some things, and the ridiculousness of some items you pick up and wee tiny wee things. There's so many tiny wee things that just made me think oh, a huge amount of care and attend and detail has been put into this. Like those buds at the bottom of the the building. When you you write down and you hang off the, oh, I don't even know what room it is to be honest, but you go down right the way down to the very bottom of the castle, hmm. and there's a bird's nest. And if you go out and come back in, the bird lays an egg. And then if you go out and come back in, the egg yep. hatches. And I'm like, this is amazing. There's a boot that you pick up behind the waterfall called the hidden boots, and the description says it just. <laughs> I love it, that. it says it makes you slightly taller. And I put them on, and I'm like, I can't see anything. So I googled it, and it makes you one pixel taller i like that's genius and I've got a I think it's a cat circlet head, head thing just now and it heals you when you're attacked by cats and I'm like I haven't seen a single cat in this whole game <laughs> if I ever get attacked by cats it's like that Ooh. one it's a one use item or it's a no use item or there's something about it I'm just like this is brilliant I do remember some cats and I I didn't. In fact, I think that's where you might be just about to get to, Craig. You do get some cats, and they they are actually a very irritating enemy. Oddly enough, because I think the the witch, the witches in one section like spew them out, and they just run across the floor. And I, without fail, I've managed to be hit by them more than I think any other enemy in the entire game. But they're they're really irritating. You might might have seen My them. My cat circlet. It's going to come in handy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was in the catacombs, I think, is where they That's are. That's the one, yeah, yeah. But it's like that spell, uh, uh, Dark Metamorphosis. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. The catacombs. Catacombs. Oh, oh. oh boo. Did you, say, you just oh, said that. No. You said I that. hope. I hope that that's not what I they thought. I hope it is. I, I think really it do. must be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past them at this moment, after the, the Wizard of Oz played earlier. Um, but yeah, there's a spell where you heal when you get hit by blood, and there's like four enemies in the entire game that spew blood. And it's like, what? what is the point of this? Nobody's ever going to be down to their last hit point and use this I spell to heal. I absolutely love it. I love it. I love the amount of useless junk. I mean, it fills up your inventory, and there's no way to sort your inventory. Like, in my left hand, I want a shield, <laughs> and you can't just filter for shields. It's, they're all over the place. Mm. Nope, you go scrolling oh. everywhere. 
or or the item, the special relic you get that all it does is let you change the menu color. <laughs> That's it. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy that they actually added an extra extra few affiliates in the um in the PSP and now PS4 version because already it was enough to manage with what was it three or four they had in the original the familiars. So you know, oh, for, uh, yeah, uh, I got the word wrong. <laughs> As affiliates, I was like, what are people showing up in business <laughs> suits for you, yeah. Mike? <laughs> yeah, familiars then, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you need the devil one mm-hmm. to push the button. Mm-hmm. You need the fairy one. That shows you where the walls break. Yeah. I think that's all you need. I was using the sword one just because it seemed to do things for me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, the sword one is probably the strongest mm-hmm. in terms of just it, it, it. You'll get to a point where it can kill bosses for you with you just standing there. Yeah. Again, that whole mm. player empowerment oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, you can totally grind to the point where the game is easy. And then you can get that shield rod thing and break it completely. Oh, there's another way to absolutely. So I, I don't want to go into details here, but there's a weapon in the game to where depending on what shield you have equipped will have special properties. Uh, if you have a leather shield, it will summon a cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the Alucard shield, it will just destroy everything on screen. It is a monstrous combo to where once you get it, nothing in the game will be hard anymore. Now, granted, you have to find out about it, but in this day and age, when won't you find out about it? Um, mm-hmm. one thing I do want to say, and Craig, this is definitely a boss you haven't run into. Okay. And I want to talk more about them later, but the pixel work in this game, like you said, is beyond belief. Like, I don't think I've seen another game go this in detail with sprites, especially from this era. Like Mike, you remember Beelzebub, the yeah, boss yeah. replaying that? It was like, man, you must have spent months on this thing. I know it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I mean I'm I'm going to disagree there. I think Street Fighter Three still sort of beats out all competition to to a fair extent. But but you know this this is as close as it can get to that without being a game about basically just having two fighters on a stage on the screen. I mean, this is that times about what 120. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean the backgrounds aren't exactly anything to write home about, but. Everything was put into the enemies and your character itself, even down to that trail. Like that trail you leave when you run, mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool effect that has no purpose whatsoever. I think it makes you look really dynamic. Even the way he walks, he walks with purpose. Oh, the, the shadowy trail, like Street Fighter Alpha style. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the super move little shadow thing, trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Craig, you brought up a good point. Like that walk cycle, man, mm. he is a man on a mission. He's a man he on a mission. walks as such. Yeah, but he doesn't run. It's not like he's running about the place in a frantic way. It's I think it's really quite a strong walk. It's a weird thing for the rest of the context of the game, but it looks really great. It's animated to hell and back, too. Mm. It's very smooth. Yeah. I, so, um, he, he leans so, forward, doesn't he? He lean, throws his weight forward and leans forward and then starts running or walking. To to detract a tiny bit, you could say maybe it does look like he, it's sort of like the after effect of a, you know, getting off the end of an escalator or something. Maybe it just, just a tad. <laughs> but apart from oh, that... Oh, he does that little whoosh. Well, I mean, come on, he's but, half vampire. Let's chalk that up to him being a half vampire. Oh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, um... Combat in this is, I would say, fairly unlike anything in Castlevania prior. There are hundreds 
of useful and non-useful weapons that you can play with. Um, you mm-hmm. have you can equip something in your left hand or your right hand. Most times you want to go with a shield and a strong weapon just because, you know, I, you know, no, don't go with it. I've never blocked anything in this game. No, I, um, I do sometimes start a new run and just try and use the shield as much as possible because I never use it otherwise. I it just looks cool. For the most part, it doesn't block things. <laughs> for the most part, yeah, some things it blocks, like fire. You look some really cool. Fireballs and things like that, mm. like the the wee devils that leave fireball trails. You can just hold your shield out and run through them. You don't look like a lazy player who's just using a double hand sword to fill the slots. You look like a you know a very well organized person who can put a left hand, right hand, left foot, right foot. <laughs> I see. I know there are no left foot, right foot options, but. It does make you feel more organised using a shield, even if you never actually physically get the thing out. My double-handedness was filled with nunchucks that I found somewhere in the catacombs. The nunchucks <laughs> are just... Because they make this weird changing noise and he's just flinging about nunchucks. It's, it's brilliant. Well, uh, that, that brings me to the point. So um, what kind of weapon are we, gentlemen? Uh, I'm a knuckle man. Oh. Mm. I thought about that, but I just couldn't. I Right now I'm farming gems to get money for the librarian so I've got the jewel sword which turns enemies into gems um did you do the quarter circle forward thing with the jewel sword no no oh god why did I keep forgetting to do that it flings money oh yeah I did, do, I did it by accident because I got okay. a, I got a trophy it said like making it rain or something I was like how the hell did <laughs> I do that sorry to cut you off there Mike so what kind of weapon are you Mike are you a dagger a morning star. Um, I I'm usually. I mean, one of the cool things I was going to say about the um, the, you know, the the mitts, <laughs> like the, you know, the the weapon you use. What was it? The gloves? No, it's not gloves. knuckle duster. The knuckles. Knuckle, knuckle duster. Yeah, the thing about the knuckles is one one of the moves that gives you access to is that that cool kick that you never see in, unless it's at the very start of the game, pretty much. But I'm sure the I'm sure the power of your attack still transfers to your feet, even if, when you're wearing knuckle dusters, doesn't it? Yeah, it 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 it's very simple. Like weapons are cosmetic, and the stats that they Mm-mm. infer will always infer, no matter what the animation playing is. No, but um, for me, yeah, it was it was pretty much the, the standard sword. But I'd I'd always root for the one which had the special move attached to it, and then wait for the next specials come along. So if I picked up another weapon which was maybe a slight bit stronger but didn't have a special attached to it, I'd just wait it out for the next special to come. But I like, I mean, the oh, I'm not sure what the first weapon's called, but it's awesome how it's got that you know sprint forward, turn around, hack, hack, hack. Oh yeah, you do like that weird. You just teleport and then slash and oh, then teleport so back. But it's very cool looking. Yeah, yeah. That does it, and then there's the awesome uh, like rapier which which like shoots loads of shots out at the same time things like that. i don't know there's there's loads of cool weapons I, I just like the ones with a special special thing because then i you know i can get my fireball skills up to up to game as well uh, yeah and in case you can't tell there's a lot of little li- very small cosmetic things in this game that make finding a new weapon even if the stats aren't very good just fun to try out and of course, this will last all the way up until you get the chrysogram. Um, Mike, have you ever used a chrysogram? Like, did you ever do a chrysogram run? I don't think I have. In fact, if I remember right, I did pick it up um, on my re- most recent playthrough. 
But I can't I can't remember what the what the special thing about it was. But okay, so the Christogram is um you know the enemy the smoo, Mike. It looks the like a ghost wearing thing. a knit hat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it's around the inverted castle, the library area. Okay. Um, so they have a very, very, very low chance to drop this weapon. And, of course, there's mm. a trophy to get it, so I had to get it. But the, uh, the Christogram, it attacks as fast as you can mash the button. And every time you attack with it, it projects the sword swipe about halfway across the screen. Holy crap. Whoa. So everything oh. bet- between you and half of the screen is just toast. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember this now because I, I just basically ran forward all the time just hammering the button. Yep. <laughs> that's, the one, uh, that's the one. I used it to kill Dracula this time, and I killed him in five seconds. And boss of the game. So, yeah, that's I mean... international I mean, track and field sort of skills going on there. <laughs> it is... It breaks the game, just, just hands down. So a lot of the fun you'll get from a second and third run through this game is either a, how much can I break this or B I'm going to limit myself. Can I still finish the game? Um, other than that, like uh, it is. Well, I mean, that's kind of what's nice about symphony of the night. They were, they didn't, they don't care about balance. This game is the most unbalanced in your favorite game you'll ever play. But that's one of the cool things about replaying it that you get to, you know, because Anybody, even if they absolutely beast the game, they might not have, you know, touched a few of the familiars, or they might not have, you know, played about with a couple of the weapons and seen what they can do. They might not have sat in to, to talk to the priest. You know, there's, there's all kinds of little odd things that that you can pick up each each time you go through it, and that's that, that's quite empowering too, really. And it's you know replayable in that that regard. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody on a first run through without a guide is going to do everything like, like, you know, when you can do that super jump and bump the librarian from the bottom, what you can bump. Yeah. Him. You can, you can hit him and it bumps him, bumps his chair all the way up. And if you, so there's a super jump, Craig, mm-hmm. I don't think you've gotten here yet. No, nope. you hit down up jump really quick and you just shoot to the ceiling. Oh, right. <laughs> if you manage to keep the librarian in the air for seven seconds, he gives you a special weapon. You can't otherwise get <laughs> It's just all these weird little things, yeah. yeah. This is this is like we're on twenty minutes or twenty five minutes of talking about the tiny yeah. details that are in here. And oh well, well how about just... the clock? Where if you go into the clock room and it's like every other minute a door opens, and then there's, I think you have to wait till a certain time time slot until another door opens. I can't I can't even remember that what the other item was. Was it you have to use? The that rings, the rings, it? the gold and the silver rings. Yeah. No, no, no! You got to use the stopwatch. Oh, the stopwatch! You got to use the stopwatch. Top right door, yeah. And you can only get the stopwatch by doing some sort of special thing. By, I oh no, actually no. If you go, no, look, it's a few it's just rooms the sub item right or to the left. I can get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I so never Craig, used stopwatch yes. was. <laughs> oh, I've never used stopwatch either. Um, how is your? How do you feel about flea men? Oh, f- because I hate them. I hate them. No, um, flea men. And then the later flea men with night suits, so you have to destroy mm. them twice, are probably the only enemy I didn't like. Like, actually outright uh, hated. <laughs> because the- How do you feel mm. about Medusa heads? Because they're also no, yeah. another legacy thing. I didn't like them and to start with. they're all in with the and- same area. They're all in the same bloody area. What's that about? 
I think that's the one area that I don't like as much, that bloody little clock tower bit. The tower. <laughs> it's in the tower, but the <laughs> thing I found with it was I started trying to kill them and I got into a rhythm of killing them and I thought, I'm in a big vertical space. I'm just going to jump and go up mm. and ignore them. So then it becomes a dodging game and that's how I got around that. So they didn't bother me in the end, but I wasn't killing them. But then and, uh, one of just... those harpies is going to spin around, throw a bloody dagger at you, which hits <laughs> you for six, and then, and then on top of that, you're going to see a bloody cog in the wall, which you want to hit at least once, just to see the little bit of, bit of dust come off it, and the, you know. Oh no, Mike, I was just going to talk about that. So, in Rondo, <laughs> in order to rescue one of the maidens, you have the. It's the exact same layout almost as mm. it is in Symphony. You've got to hit all four cogs until you hear a click. Yep. If you do that in Symphony, a part of the wall opens up and there's a little secret, and you're like, "Oh, hey, I that's from that." Yeah, it, I hit the yeah, yeah, it's I hit the cogs, but I, nothing was happening, so I just cracked on. There's a door at the bottom left of the room. Yeah, and I tried to miss through it, and just. Uh, do you want to know the best bit about it, Craig? What it leads to a, a huge number of your favorite enemy of the game so far. Is it Fleming? <laughs> is it Fleming? Which is absolutely brilliant. Oh. I, I, hate I think I think my most hated enemy are the you know the half a horse knights. Hmm. I didn't find every too time bad. I'm in a room, they hit me just far enough to where I exit out of the room. Oh, don't like, oh, even. Son of we that's a thing we need to talk about because I messaged you and I said it. It's re- I'm finding it really irritating getting bumped out of the room just, through no fault of my own. Well, maybe a bit of a fault of my own, <laughs> but hmm. not a great fault of my own. And then to have the room respawn, and I'm not against enemies respawning and the room resetting, but getting bumped out of the room to go back in and have to do it again was the bit that was just pissing me off ever so slightly. Well, it's weird, right? You will be annoyed and frustrated before you will die in this game, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm. did you die at all this run, Craig? No. Mike? Um, I... I died on the uh, secret boss quite a bit. Oh no! Which one? I lied. The the optional optional secret boss. He's not the. Po- yeah, you, you there's know like I mean. fifteen optional secret bosses. The the big Egyptian one. I can't. He's, he lived. He's lived for ten million years or something to that effect. I can't oh, remember okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Mm, it's mm. not Gargamel, but it's something like that. And Maria killed me. Oh, Maria got you. Yeah, because those wee Ooh. flipping animals just kept on hitting me. And I, my sub weapon, I had the clock and it didn't work on her. So I couldn't even cheese my way through it. Um, preferred sub weapon, gentlemen. Uh, the, um, the, the, the Bible, <sighs> that Bible bashes. That's what I took ah, from it. The one that flings around The chalk, me. the, the holy chalk stuff. Whatever it is. Oh, the, what is it? I think it's called Babuti or it's, yeah, it's like holy ashes or whatever. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. an axe man. Axe the whole game because okay. you can just sit there and plunk harpies to your heart's content with those things. Oh, the axe is okay. I, li- I did like the one with the big beam of light coming down and then the massive crosses, you know, that filled the room. Oh, yeah, that's a bit of a killer. Um, now, now, uh, there is another secret, Craig, that uh, I'm gonna spoil here, okay? Uh, if, if you want to take your headphones off on stage, so. If you beat the game as Alucard, you can play through the entire game as Richter. Yep. And you have the move set from you know the beginning when you played against Dracula. Mm. 
So it's basically a, a whole second game opens up as well as a whole second castle. I completed it and got the full achievements on the Xbox version. Oh, did you? Ah, yeah. good man. <laughs> I, I've <laughs> always kind of petered out halfway through the Richter run. I'm like, ah, I'll get it later. Yeah. The, um, if, if I remember right, it does start to become easier the further you play into it. It's just that initially it starts off quite quite tough. Quite tough and- well, yeah, because you, you get your, your whole repertoire of moves just kind of halved. Mm-hmm. But you get item crashes. Uh, item crashes are fun. Okay, so uh, let's see. What's your favorite bosses, guys? Oh, the mm. I still can't remember what it's called. But... I'll, 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 I'll split this in two. Uh-huh. What's your favorite boss design-wise and your favorite boss to fight? Oh, that's a different question. So my favorite boss design-wise is the big floating ball of bodies that when you beat the trophy you get is let the bodies hit the floor. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, what was it called? Grand Falloon. Grand Falloon. Very, or very Legion, cool. Depending on what game it is. Utterly different from anything else. Like this thing rises out of the ground. It's a ball of bodies that are raining down and then attacking you while you attack the thing. Oh, yeah. And then you cut it open and it's got those tentacles yep. with the. Oh, and the tentacles yeah, shoot lasers. Cool Honestly, absolutely brilliant. It's just a genius boss. It's so far different to anything else. Um, I'll have to think about my favourite one to fight. All right, uh, Mike. <sighs> this is like this is a bit of a terrifying question because there's so many bosses. There's there's absolutely loads. There's there's one for everything. <laughs> um, there is. There's a massive number of bosses. In and this. then it's like which which ones are iconic to you from the Castlevania series? Which ones are you know p- purely from this game fun to play against? There, I just I, checked. There are twenty nine bosses. Oh, wow! In this game, mm. okay. I think I've got my favorite ones to fight. Um, was the in the okay. Colosseum the the two guys, the big guy and the wee guy, and the big guy picks up the wee guy and throws him at you. Think for that fact alone. The the Minotaur and the werewolf. Yes. It was just ah funny. classic bosses, man. Yeah, it was, it was good fun, well, and I, it's in a Colosseum. I could stick and I could stick in the Colosseum too. In a in a inverted version, and go with the uh, the cast of Castlevania Three, isn't it that fight you there? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about them. All right, okay. Uh, is that design wise or or fight wise? Uh, it's just cool getting a. Well, one of the really cool things about Symphony of the Night is that you don't know what sort of volume you're going to walk into. You might be in the catacombs or something, and you'll suddenly walk into a room full of like. 50 enemies with three special enemies in between things like that and, and when you get to bosses sometimes you get you know multiple bosses you get just a single one in this case it's just a nice little mix of you know three different types of enemies and uh you know they they all have their own death cries they only, all have their own little animations and stuff and it's you know it's quite quite a spectacle considering it's also in quite a cool looking area too yeah indeed mm-hmm. um design wise i think Scylla is probably my favorite just because, like, who uses that for a boss? Uh, that's the chick that has the bottom half of her's worms with wolf heads. I can't, I can't recall that. Mm. Oh, with the the snake things coming out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the underground caverns, Craig. Oh, there was you, the water. You fight the one worm, and then you go rounding up and fight the rest of them with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I might have cheated. I didn't cheat. But oh, I, she's a massive pushover. I had a combination of... I had a blood cloak, which converts damage into hearts, which is a stupid way to use MP, <laughs> you know, because it's not health. 
Um, and I had the rain, mm. the holy rain, so I just kept on spamming that until she was dead. That works. I mean, she, yeah, she, she's an early boss. I yeah. just love the design of it. Fight-wise, it's got to be death. I still love oh, death fights in every Castlevania game are either mm. teeth-crackingly difficult or they're just cool. And I, I still like the death thing. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. In case you are bored with playing this, you can break it to where you don't meet death in the beginning and you get to play through the whole game in your powered-up armor. Holy crap. Ooh. I don't yeah, think I've ever just, done that. How do you do it? Yeah, you can, you can glitch it to where death never shows up to take all your stuff away, and you're like, oh, oh. okay, this is cool. All right, so <laughs> if you've ever been curious about what it's like to hear three middle-aged men just go on and on and on about how much they love a game... This is a pretty good episode to do it. I'm sorry this isn't a usual episode where, you know, where, you know we kind of give negatives. Truth be told, there's not many negatives here. Oh, I've got plenty. Well, then I'm a dirty, rotten liar. You should never listen to me. Yeah. Craig, what's your negatives? I, I don't like the Fleeman. And there's plenty. Oh, come on. There's plenty of them. Um... I don't have any negatives, really. Try try defeating a room full of flea men when you're playing with Rondo controls, oh. man. It is so frustrating. Honestly, I, I barely have any complaints whatsoever. It's fantastic, so, you know. Well, before I read uh, Ian's thoughts, uh, why don't we go through uh, any complaints you do have? I think we've hit them all, but just in case ones we haven't. Like me, it, it's too easy. Yep. It, it's way too easy and but the weird thing is is you still have fun with it i mean mm. replaying it again for the third time i got bored in some areas just because it was easy but playing through the first time you didn't get bored because there's so much stuff to discover like the spells that we didn't even really touch on i still haven't used a spell and i only figured out about the familiars about an hour ago, or not an hour ago now, but an hour, <laughs> five, six, five hours in. I think you mean associates. Oh yeah, or sorry, associates. <laughs> um, I didn't find out about my associates because uh, I hadn't realised I was playing the Godfather edition of Symphony of the Night <laughs> um, until I did five hours in, and it, I, it, I was just playing about in the menu and saw that you could switch the cards on. So I switched one on, and then the, the sword appeared, and I was like. Holy crap! This is a thing as well, and this is this is what I'm talking about. There's so many layers of different mechanics in it, but it mm. it they don't really. I don't think like if you wrote this down to, and I read this as being this is a game and it has this mechanic and this mechanic and you've got MP that displays as hearts and this and you've got transformations and all that. Well, you also have MP. Yeah, you have MP as hearts and then and MP. then MP. Yeah, it's it's mind boggling. If you wrote it down, it shouldn't work. Like, in my head, it just shouldn't bloody work, but it really... No, it, it looked like a mess. Yeah, but... It's it, like, make up your mind. It really works. It really works. Um, What was the point? What, what was it saying? Well, that was a that was a big complaint, Craig. Uh, that That's was a good a one. Huge complaint, <laughs> yeah. It's just too damn perfect. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it, it follows that same sort of principle as, you know, quite a few Nintendo sort of Mario games where they might introduce something cool and new for a little while, but... It never outstays its welcome. This this is the same thing I was talking before about blue blue doors. And, you know, there's there's not many of them in the entire game. You know, there's spiked armor to get past spike areas. It's not much of that in the entire game. There's you know bat sonar. There's all sorts of crazy things in there, and 
they only they they never outstay the welcome. So that whilst there's a huge breadth of different things you can do, they only really get used probably to their you know, I'd probably say in their optimum condition, just the once or twice and you you're happy. So so it's a it's a negative we don't get to see more of that, but you know, it's perfect as it is. So <laughs> Um yeah, and, and of course, like the story behind the development of this is that they were working on what would eventually become Castlevania 64, which is a god-awful abomination. And this was their budget title that they didn't really care much about. So that every idea they had, they just threw into it. Wow. It doesn't show. Although, one more quick thing is that at the time, if, if you'd asked me back then what I thought one of the main problems might have been, it could have been the, the fact that they did sort of try and shoehorn a bit of 3D into the experience, but but on a, on a on a serious note, I mean, apart from the cinematics, which are pretty pretty poor, I don't think it really. I don't think there's a problem with it. I think it gels in quite well. You know, like the save points, the occasional bit of scrolling in the background. There's there's a few oh yeah, little, there's a few little 3D bits. So, I mean, some of the enemies I think have a bit of 3D built into them at some stages. I can't remember 100, percent but. No, it most, mostly works fine. And on, on a system that isn't the ideal 2D platform, you know, the, the Saturn port was, as far as I'm aware, wasn't as good as this. So uh, No, it couldn't you know. do transparencies. So all those transparencies turned to like this weird dithered thing. Oh. So like every time mm-hmm. you turn to mist, or the, it was like, nope, nope, looks better on PlayStation. On, on version note, there is one negative, which is that we never got to see the uh, the exclusive Saturn bits, which still haven't come over to any other platform. But hey, you never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see in the future. There's a new Castlevania collection I've heard on the way in the future. We'll see. If that's true, well, I'm going to be down some money. Okay, so... Well, I, we we just kind of did, but is uh, let's go through and anybody have anything left for final thoughts? I'm desperately racking my brains because the one thing I failed to do for this episode was note down things that I thought as they went along because things, notable things, happen so frequently that you're just like, things are hitting you and going, wow, this is cool, that's great, that's funny, that's weird, that's amazing. The name of that boss, <laughs> the name of the enemies. You know, there's a guy, as soon as you hit the inverted castle, one of the first enemies you you get is a skeleton holding his head and you hit him and he's called Yorick. Yorick! Like, <laughs> 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 Absolutely brilliant. So it, There's just so much to it that it's difficult to not have this episode coming out like us all going amazing, perfect. It's, it's so difficult. Uh, no, no, it's a very easy game, Craig. Well, the difficulty, I don't have a problem with the difficulty. Because Diffi- I don't, you know, I don't play games for difficulty. It's not a prerequisite for fun. Um, and quite often it puts what me off. What was the game? We just played where both of us were like, yeah, this is too easy. There was a game we just oh, did. What did we play? There was a game that was too easy. What have we played? We need to figure this out. Uh, I was going to ask, oh, hey, what, you know, like, why was that bad for that, but okay for this? But since we can't remember and we have the memories of Swiss cheese, Mike, you're up. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it is it's, it's one, one of my biggest regrets with my collection that like everyone else, I did eventually get rid of my copy. I think I sold it for about sixty pounds on eBay. Was it Seeing Donkey it astronomically... Kong? I've still got my no, Donkey Kong sixty four. <laughs> it someone sent it back to me. They were that Donkey Kong's impressed. got teeth. 
I'm 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 literally not kidding. Someone did send my Donkey Kong 64 with the expansion pack back to me from eBay. What? They said that it had dirt or something in the uh, in the cartridge slot, which wasn't there before it, it was dispatched. But uh-huh. I don't care. I've still got that upstairs, and I'll I'll get rid of it one day, probably to a car boot sale. But <laughs> Symphony of the Night, in comparison, Dave will know that every so often I periodically send a message to our to our group chat, just saying. Hey, I've seen Castlevania Symphony of the Night for about two hundred pounds. Uh, do you think I should just buy the Japanese version? And and you know, I, and I still I still occasionally think of of grabbing another copy of it. Although I have technically bought it in every other variation apart from the new PS4 version now. So it's like you know, I I definitely would. I'd love another physical copy of that game, but. Um, as it stands, if, if this is the final wrap-up, and is, is it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read Ian's thoughts, and then we'll call it a close. Okay. Uh, for a long time, it has been in my probably top three of three games of all time. Uh, at the moment, I'd say it's, it's still definitely in the top ten. Um, I don't think there's much much more I need to, to quantify on it, apart from I played it on the um on the xbox one the other day and i basically ran for a room I, I slashed a few enemies threw a few sub weapons out and and the the clip I, I just decided to take a video clip and i watched it about five times thinking how how bloody brilliant is this game and then i thought how bloody brilliant am i and then and then i listened to you earlier <laughs> and about like, empowering the player and you know that's exactly what it is it, it works perfect i i cannot argue with it um I, I wish Konami was around, but thank you very much for uh, delivering something so good. Okay. Well, I mean, come on, man. Bloodstained. Mr. Igarashi, he ain't taking this line down. I am so looking forward to that game still. Do you think I'll like mm, that then? Um, now that, you know, I like this. I, it's pretty much going to be a spiritual successor to this, okay. yeah. All right. Except fine. you get to play as the lady. Oh. Um, I know. All right, so my final thoughts on Symphony of the Night. Um, kind of like Mike on any given day, this will probably be sitting in my top 10, but it's weird because I forget how good it is sometimes. Like anytime it's in my hands, it's like, oh, this game is great. It does everything mm, just perfect. But then time goes by, you play other stuff and you forget about it. And going back to this, I was like, yeah, it's Symphony of the Night. I've played it a whole bunch of times. Ian, I know it, but, uh. Going back and playing through it again for what's going to be my final time, I really took my time and I did 206 or 12 percent, whatever it was. And yeah, like this game is. It, there's very rare times where you can hold up a game and say, "No, this is the one of the best games in this genre." You really can't argue with it, and any argument that you have against it is going to be very petty. This is definitely one of those games. To where if you like Metroidvanias, other than maybe you don't appreciate the aesthetics, there's really no reason you won't love this game. My dog, however, is barking, so I'm sorry if that picks up. And uh, something that Craig just said uh, really clicked something in my brain. Like, I had a great time going through the enemy list in this game and just Googling all of them. Because everything from Cthulhu to Yorick, man... They pull it from somewhere, and it's very cool the way they design these monsters. It's it's wonderful. So, like Persona, Google the whole enemy list, man. I mean, you might 
not find anything great on Bloody Skeleton. You're making an interesting <laughs> picture. I don't know. But um, the whole gothic are, uh, uh, gothic aesthetic here, I think, adds a lot to this genre. Now that we're all done talking, let me read what Dan has Dan to say. Do I get any final thoughts? Am I not allowed to say anything? I thought you did already. Did yeah, you said you'd summed it up already. Oh, did I? Oh, well, yeah, then. you did. Oh, that's fine. That's what I say anything else then. Well, is there anything left you want to say before we do end it? No, probably not. Oh my gosh. So you bring it up just to say you are the worst person, Craig. It's like, what? You don't ask me if I want any rolls with my dinner? No, I don't want any rolls. I was just I was just being an ass about it. It's nice to be asked. <laughs> All right. So here's what Ian has to say about it. And uh, Ian is the fine gentleman who suggested we play this. <clears throat> it's hard for me to stress just how perfect. It was yak is a sex. It was too easy. <laughs> Fucking up. Craig, what? I'm going to punch you straight in the dick. <laughs> I'm reading the hollowed words of our benefactor here. Sorry. And you jump in with... Was it? And I thought it was a retro rewind, by the way. I think it was, They were like, yeah, it's too... No, nah, it was Yakuza. 100% it was Yakuza, I remember. Yakuza 6 was really easy. Yeah. You're right. It was. It was too okay. easy. Well, you know what they say about discretion being the better part of valor. Right? <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Starting again. It's hard for me to stress just how perfect the movement feels. The connection between player, controller, and character in this game is ethereal. In marching, attacking, jumping, and dashing backwards to avoid a skeleton, the swipe or lunging thrust from a hulking armored guard, it is an immense and tireless pleasure to glide through. That would sentence was not an immense and tireless pleasure to glide through. Just letting you know, Ian. <laughs> the sprite art and animations are masterful and cohesive with the backgrounds. Monsters feel like they have mass appropriate to their size and speed with predictable attack animations to learn and conquer. There is such a variety of unique foes throughout the game with each of the many castle areas having a unique cast or theme. Adding to the visual and mechanical feast of exploration is a soundtrack that is so good at time the hairs on the back of your neck will tingle in ecstasy. Memorable phrases and melodies are enhanced with orchestral scoring, guitars and brass, and with excellent atmospheric synthesizers in the glorious abundance. I didn't know I couldn't say the word synthesizer <laughs> without having a stroke. Now I do. Uh, if uh, Thank you very much for writing in, Ian. Thank you very much for picking the game. If you want to read the rest of Ian's thoughts, just like last week, we'll pop the link under the episode, and you can go finish reading. As for what's next, gentlemen, the next big bit effect game, should we perhaps prey on the matter? Well, oh, I don't know. God. I'm not really that religious. Well, don't mm. let me prey on your unreligiousness right okay sorry my... what is the game pray tell <laughs> that was good that was good what exactly imagine a native american indian went to a confessional what would he pray for just just off the top of my head <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrong version oh. of the game but i get your drift right. that's pretty good too that's pretty good so um that's not what all of us three unfunny people are trying to say is that the next game that we're going to be playing is Prey. No, not that one. The new one. <laughs> uh, it is not the one for the Xbox 360. It is the one that released 
across all bunch of platforms recently. Uh, it's, a, it's a game we've all been kind of hankering to get our teeth into. And we will see you then. Yeah. I do remember that we will we will probably have go back to our normal format of first ones about mechanics, second ones about story. Uh, any other news, guys? Um, I don't know what the next stretch of Rewind. Oh, um, spoiler Frank? alert, by the way, just for those two episodes you've probably just listened to. And the next Retro Rewind is Monkey Island 2, The Chuck's Revenge. Hmm. Oh, I can't wait to see what I think about that, Craig. Oh, I'm, I can't wait to hear what you think about that. It's <laughs> just going to be a total surprise. Well, on a side note, next week's Retro Rewind will be the last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you very much for listening. Sorry this was a bit of a rambly one, but hopefully next week we'll all be back to normal. So, gentlemen... Let us go out this evening for pleasure while the night is still young, or whatever the phrase was that happens in this game. I have no idea what you're talking about. What is the, what is the quote? It's, Let us go out for pleasure. That's when, you, when you die, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, just say, just say good say good night. I guess. Good night. Oh, did you know that when yeah. the the loading screen is on, you can move? what loading about the letters yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah um well that's a good way to end it is any all right good night folks <laughs> bye good night <laughs>